You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Well, good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing? Doing all right? Worship was so good, I felt like I just ascended into heaven. Anybody else? We made it. We made it. Oh, man. Today's been good. Today's been good. Had a good service in Lubbock this morning. Excited to to get to share with you again. Um, It's it's been, golly, it's been three or four weeks since I've been down here. It's just really good. I just, every time I walk in this building, I'm like, we, 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 uh, in Lubbock, we're, we're kind of having our services out of the YWCA, kind of like we used to have it at the Cole Theater here. How many of you were here back in the Cole Theater days? Let me see the, oh yeah, a bunch of you, okay? So, um. Man, I, I, I miss those times. I love those times, but we're, we're kind of going through that same thing in Lubbock right now. But when I come down here and I walk in and I see this screen, I'm like, God is here. <laughs> this, this is where he's really at. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just love being here. And uh, I'm just really excited just to get to share with you um, really what, what I feel like is on the heart of, the heart of God. But before I do that, I felt strongly in worship today that there was just an invitation just to come and give your life to Jesus. There's an invitation right now. Uh, there's an anointing for it right now. He's inviting you if you do not have relationship with him. He's actually he's inviting you to come and give your life to him, your whole life, your whole life. And here's what I can promise you because he promised the same thing. If you'll give him your whole life, he'll transform it. If you'll give him your whole life, you will leave here differently. You will leave here saved, not just not just going to a good place when you, when you die, but he'll come and he'll give you life and life more abundant here on the earth while you live. And if that's you, if everyone would just bow your head and close your eyes tonight, if that's you tonight and you just want to give your life to Jesus, you've never done that, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody like that? Just felt strongly there's just an invitation. Good, I see that hand. Awesome. I see those hands. Amazing. Amazing. So good. <clears throat> Here's what I want us to do. I want the whole church just to join me in this prayer and, uh, I love, this is just raw. We don't, we don't even have altar, altar call music. No music. Let's just, let's just pray because here's what the word says. Those of you who just raised your hand, would you look at me? The word says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you just to receive him right now. Church, I want you just to join me. Everyone just join me and repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins so that I could be redeemed and forgiven. Right now, I accept Jesus into my life. Jesus, change me. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. Change me. Jesus, I give my whole heart and my whole life to you tonight, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, somebody make some noise. Give God a big hand clap today. Wow. Hear me today. Your life will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. You just made the most important decision you'll ever make in your whole life. Amen. Oh, man, if if your faith isn't stirred up now... um, 
I don't know what will get you stirred up. Hopefully this message will get you stirred up or something. <clears throat> but today it's actually what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about faith. And, I want, and specifically I want to talk to you about what your life should look like when you live by faith. How many of you know we are, we're called to live by faith? Anybody here know that we're called to live by faith? The Bible says this. It says that the just shall live by The just shall live by faith. In fact, as a new covenant believer, as someone who, uh, anybody in this room who's received Jesus, we, we live in this new covenant. The new covenant says we no longer live by the law, but we live by grace. In the law, we live by the rules and the regulations. We tried to get everything right, check all the boxes. But here's what we do in the new covenant. We no longer live by rules and regulations. You know what we're called to live by? We're called to live by faith. This was the exchange that happened when Jesus died on the cross. When we received him into our life and we stepped into this new system that he put in place on the earth, it was no longer about getting everything right, but it was more about believing than it was anything else. We've actually even, uh, the, Lord, the Lord shared it with, with me this way, we've been positioned by God to live by faith. If you think about it this way, when, how did you receive Jesus? How did this whole thing start out? You received Jesus by faith. It was by grace through faith. It was a free gift, grace, and you received him into your life because you decided, I'm going to believe, be persuaded, be convinced that he is the son of God and you accepted him into your life by faith. Did you know that every, other, every single promise in the new covenant actually comes to you the same way. It comes to you by faith. So I want you to ask yourself today, am I living by faith? In fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, are you living by faith? <laughs> are, we, are we living by faith? And I'll ask you another question. How do you, how do you know? How do you know if you're living by faith? Before we kind of answer that question today, I feel like we just need to kind of back up the starting line and let's just talk about what faith actually is. What is, what is actual faith? Because if you're like me, I've kind of grown up in church. I've been around a lot of faith teaching, heard a lot about faith, and, 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 and I've kind of discovered this, like faith is kind of one of those things that's just, it's, it's hard to grasp, isn't it? It can just be hard to wrap our mind around what faith really is because we hear so many things that, that, that you, so many people, the world uses it, the church uses it, the Bible uses this word faith. We hear things like keep the faith, you have little faith, you have no faith, you have little faith, you have, oh, that man, that guy, he's got big faith. We even describe our Christian belief system as, well, we, we, ask, we ask people, well, what, what faith are you? We use this word in just so many different ways that we have to ask ourselves the question, what actually is faith? Well, faith in the Bible, it actually, um, if you look, at, look up that word in the Greek, many of you know I'm a Greek scholar. Um, and uh, no, I'm not, but I do know how to use Google. So uh, Google is a pastor's best friend. Um, some of y'all have a problem with that, but that's okay. I you want to know how I find my scriptures for my messages? Google. That's right. You can leave. You're good. You, you did it today. You can just go ahead and get on out. Answer correct. This word faith in the Greek, 
The, the, the Greek word for it is pistis. And here's the definition. It means to be persuaded. That word faith means to be persuaded. In other words, faith means this. I am more persuaded in the things of God than anything else. I'm more persuaded in the promises of God than what my situation's telling me, than what I see with my physical eyes. I'm more persuaded in the promises of God in Scripture than I am anything that doesn't add up to that very thing. Faith means to be persuaded. How many of you have ever been persuaded to buy a vacuum cleaner when someone knocked on your door? Anybody? Yep. Happened to us. Anybody been, been persuaded just to spend a little bit extra money on that car you really wanted? Yeah. Anybody been persuaded to go get a car when you know you shouldn't have gone and got a car because you were persuaded by this little thing called your heart? Oh, it's just in my heart. My heart needs a new car. My heart needs that new car smell. Come on, someone say amen over here. If you say amen, you might get a car. Come on. Okay. We all know what it's like to be persuaded. Another definition of faith, more definitions of faith are belief, trust. I love this next one, assurance. We're assured. Faith means to be assured of something. It means to be convicted of something. To have a conviction for something. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is one of the go-to scriptures on faith. It actually, the Bible gives its own definition of faith. And here's what it says in the New Living. It's, it's, it's my favorite translation when it comes to, to faith. It says this, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. I love that right there. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for. Notice that faith needs hope. What are you hoping for tonight? Faith is the confidence that what you're hoping for, it's going to happen. Faith gives us assurance about things we can't see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, not by some big bang. Oh, was that, that wasn't in there. That was me. Okay. It's by faith. It's by faith that we understand that this world was created, that there's light here, that the land is here, that the oceans are here. Why? Because God spoke them into existence. Now, let me ask this question. Was anybody there when God spoke the world into existence? Anyone here? No one. No angels in the room today. Okay. Then how do you know that that happened? You know it by faith. It's by faith. That we understand that the universe was created at his command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse 6 goes on to say this. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Tonight I want to title the message Engaging Faith engaging faith. Would you pray for me? Pray with me for just a second. God, we just thank you. Yeah, I just thank you for faith being stirred in the room, belief, trust, persuasion to be stirred up in this room. For those of us who have been lacking in faith, lacking in belief and trust in you, I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and restore that measure of faith that you've given each and every single one of us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak louder than my voice tonight. That as we open your word and we dissect and, and learn from you, 
that it would be you, Holy Spirit, that leads us, that guides us into all of your truth. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Uh, how many of you like to, uh, to, to work out, run, or, or uh, lift weights for fun? Anybody in here? Okay, I'll, I'll get a better response. How many of you don't like to do those things? Raise your hand. I knew there'd be more hands that would go up. It's like, what? No one really likes to do that. Well, it actually is. It, it can be fun. It's something that I, I really enjoy doing. I love, not, not the running part. Don't, let, let me get this straight. Running, nobody likes that. If you, do, if you say you like that, you're lying to yourself, okay? Uh, and, and you're in church, and we're going to bring the truth to your life today, okay? But me, I, I like to lift. I like to go in there and lift. And, and uh, just as a pastor, you kind of sit around a lot and, and study and talk to people. It just gives me a chance to get out and just get out some physical just aggression on some weights. You know, I love to lift weights. And I've learned a lot over the years from lifting and, and uh, read, read a lot of articles. And, and one of the things you'll discover as you kind of get into this world is, is how important it is to engage your core whenever you're working out. For those of you who, who actually work out, you realize how important it is to engage engage your core because it's when you engage your core that you become more stable, you protect yourself from injuries, um, you actually are able to lift um, and, and work out the muscles that you're actually trying to lift. If you don't really engage your core, you're kind of missing out on, on the whole point of doing certain lifts. It's just extremely important. Now, like I said, I don't like to run. So I read this week that engaging your core when you run is actually important too. All you runners out there that need deliverance, there you go, there you go. But it's, it's, uh, it's, it's extremely important. Many of us, many of us uh, we, we know what it's like to engage a core. I promise you I'm going somewhere with this. Um, how many of you have been, have been doing push-ups in PE class and you remember the teacher saying, get your butt down? Anybody raise your hand? Come on, you can say, get your butt down. Okay, what are they, what are they actually telling you to do? They're, they're teaching you to engage your core, to become more stable. It, you, it brings more strength to your body. You know, if there was, if there was a lift that I would say, um, you, you need to engage your core on more than anything else, it would probably be a, a squat. Now, I don't know if you can tell, but you can't wear skinny jeans if you do squats, so I don't do squats. Um, but when you get, how many of you done squats? You get under that bar, right? And you, and you pick up that bar and you go and you start to go down, right? And if you don't engage your core, what happens? You stop doing this and you start doing this. Now, this creates an amazing blooper on YouTube but it does not feel good for the person that it's actually happening to, right? It's so important to engage your core. See, if you, if you don't engage your core, you're at the mercy of the weights. You're at the mercy of that bar. Whatever it wants to do to your body, it's going to do, unless you engage your core. Hear me today. Many of us, as believers, we live our life at the mercy of life people in the enemy because we've never actually learned how to engage our faith. We have unengaged faith. And because we have unengaged faith, guess what? We're at the mercy of whatever life decides to throw at us. We're at the mercy of whatever people bring us for that day. We're at the mercy of traffic. We're at the mercy of the way that, that, that your kids woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. We're at the mercy of the people at our job. We are at the mercy of, of, of whatever life seems to throw at us, not actually realizing that God has given us a God-given power called faith that is actually able to, to butt up against anything that doesn't measure up to what Scripture says and say, you know what, I'm not going to accept this reality. I'm not going to accept 
what life has to throw at me. I'm not going to accept this position that I find myself in because this position is not what Scripture says that I can have. Many of us live at the mercy of life. I don't think that we do this on purpose. I think even at times it's because we just don't know what God has promised us. We don't know what he's actually given us. There's something that happens when we grab hold of his promises and his scripture that enables us to not just accept whatever comes our way, but to actually confront, be bold, and have power whenever anything that comes our way doesn't line up with this word. Hear me. You're called to live by faith. I'm going to say it over here so I can get an amen. Hey, you guys over here, you're called to live by faith. This is the the life that God has called you to, is to live by faith. Jesus lived by faith. Many of us picture Jesus as this this man who was so gentle and, and loving, and he was all those things. But if you read about the life of Jesus, you know what he did? He messed stuff up. He went around causing a ruckus. He was shaking things up. You want to know why? Because he was filled with great faith. He had the faith without measure. He was full of faith. And every time he came into contact with an earthly problem, he brought a heavenly solution. He prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't just pray it, he lived it. I think about the the story of, it's my favorite story in scripture. Mark chapter 4, where Jesus and his disciples are on the lake, and the storm hits the boat, right? Wind and the waves, they they get up. It's not looking good. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is sleeping in the boat. His disciples run over, and they they shake Jesus, and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care that we're going to perish? And Jesus wakes up, and what does he say? He says, you have little faith. He gets up, he rebukes the wind and the waves, and everything comes to a calm. You know what Jesus didn't say whenever they woke him up? Disciples were, they they felt like they were about to die. They're about to drown. They run over and wake Jesus up. Jesus, don't you care we're about to die? Jesus didn't wake up and be like, oh man, well, you know, life happens. You know, this 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 is just the way that it is. Sometimes when you're on the lake, there's storms. You should have known that before you came out. Well, don't you know, disciples, everything happens for a reason. Which, by the way, I'm on my soapbox about that little phrase. It's actually not in the Bible. The Bible says he'll work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason is a statement that has no faith. And I don't mean to, to judge anybody or bring shame. It's, it's, it's a way for us to explain what, the, the situations we find ourselves that don't add up to what God has promised us. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sick. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's not completely wrong. It's not completely untrue. But God does not desire that we live in a position where everyone, when something happens, we just sit back and, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, you know, that's just the way that life is. That's just the hand that I've been dealt. 
That's just my lot in life. Question, is it? Is it? Come on, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to preach to you today. Is it? Is that, the, is that the, 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 the thing that's been given to you? Is that the life? Is that the life that God gave you? Because if someone were to come and say that to you, you would preach to them differently than you preach to yourself. But somewhere deep down on the inside, we have this belief that we actually can't do anything about the way that life throws curveballs at us. And I'm here to tell you, you can. And you want to know how you affect it? You affect it by faith. You change your situation by faith. Hear me today. Your faith produces. Your faith changes things. Your faith will make a difference. Not my faith, not, 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 not the, the, the pastor's faith or, the, or the, the woman who's been praying for 15 years straight faith. No, your faith. And Jesus said this, you only need a little bit of it. Faith the size of a mustard seed. I remember about four weeks ago, there was a bad storm in Lubbock. And um, before, I, before this, this storm, I had... I'd grown up, grow, grown up telling people I want to be a tornado chaser when I grow up. You, you, and you want to know why? The movie Twister, that's why. <laughs> Not to mention I had a crush on Helen Hunt. So if I was going to storm chase, I was going to storm chase with her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that movie. Every time it comes on, I'm like, yep, watching this tonight. This is what I'm doing. In, with the commercials and everything, it's worth it. Love that movie. Thought I wanted to be a tornado chaser until I saw my first funnel cloud four weeks ago. And then I did not want to be a tornado chaser. I wanted to be a construction builder that built storm shelters, like whatever the opposite. I saw there, there was this, there, there, I, I was excited about the weather. It was like, ooh, tornado warnings. It's going to be awesome tonight. Me and my college buddies, we used to talk about always getting in the car and going to chase them. Like this was before we had cell phone service and like real radars we were going to, Thank God we never went and did that. But in here, the bad weather's coming. I have three kids. I'm married. <laughs> You're not as confident and crazy when you start having kids and get married. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, I'm sitting out there in my front yard, and I, I'm watching the weather. I'm like, man, these clouds are crazy. And I go in to listen to the news, and this funnel cloud's coming down the news. I'm like, babe, look at this. Look at this funnel cloud. She's like... Keith, it's right there. And I walk outside, and it, it looked super close. It wasn't super close, but it looked like it was going to drop on my face. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I was just like, and this funnel cloud came down. And all that stuff I thought I had, you know, like I wanted to go do this. No. And you know what I started doing? It was like, oh, man, that's crazy. And I was like, Lord, I just declare in the name of Jesus, that cloud breaks up right now. That funnel will not touch the ground. Lord, you break it up in the name of Jesus. It will not touch this city. And it was kind of actually humorous because it was half faith and it was half I'm scared to death, right? <clears throat> and I just didn't know what else to do. And the best part is my wife and my kids were out there. And as soon as I started speaking to this funnel cloud, it just broke apart. And I was like, see that? Faith, faith right there. Um, I'm sure there was probably at least 4,700 more people praying than I was, but in the moment, it really worked out good for me. <clears throat> but I, I'll be honest with you. 
I, there was something that got activated within me in the moment. I, I, I felt the fear come and I, I felt the devastation that could have happened to the city and, and, and my family. And I, I, I saw all that in less than a millisecond. And out of my mouth, I, I was being serious. Lord, I speak to that thing and you bring it to nothing in the name of Jesus. See, this is, this is what it looks like to have engaged faith. This is what it looks like to live by faith. Many of you, even as you heard that story, you thought, who do you think you are to pray against a funnel cloud and it actually break up and it was actually you? And my response would be, I'm a son of God. My response for you would be, you're, you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. In the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in your mortal body. When you open your mouth, you have the ability to bring life and or death. But it takes you engaging your faith when you release those words. He's called us to live by faith. You know, I figured this out. Living by faith is really uncomfortable at times. You know, I, I can tell you if you've, if you've actually encountered someone who's actually living by faith, they made you feel uncomfortable. They talk differently. They... They say things like, hey, don't, don't say that. You say something negative, you say something about, you know, um, yeah, well, this, you know, my Monday was just bad. The rest of the week's going to be bad. And a person of faith will be like, eh, don't, don't, don't say that. Why would you say that? You want to know why? Because they have faith. Now, Many, many believers are, are very, very guilty of being the faith police, the word police, all right? And by no means am I saying let's all go around being the word police. Husbands, don't be the word police with your wife. Trust me, do not be the word police. Don't, don't, if she starts to say something, start to complain, don't sit back and be like, well, that's not faith. I'm just telling you, the couch will get warm that night because your butt will be on it, okay? And just a little marriage advice, you can just take that, stick it in your pocket, take it home with you, okay? But we are called to, to live by faith. Jesus lived by faith. He had thousands of people come out and listen to him preach. They passed lunch, dinner, they started to get hungry. He didn't just say, well, you know, you're the one who decided to listen to me talk this whole time. You guys just, why don't y'all just go on and, and go find some food? No, he said, you know what? Let me see that fit. Let me see those fish. Let me see the bread. Let me multiply it. He confronted a situation that didn't line up with a heavenly reality. And through his faith, he brought heaven to earth. Every time someone brought a lame person, a sick person, paralyzed, the dead, it did not matter. They never left the same way that they came to Jesus in. He went about doing good and healing all. Someone say all. All who were sick and who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Everywhere he went, he brought the kingdom to that situation. And he did it by faith. He told his disciples, and as they were walking along the road and they were just following Jesus in Mark chapter 11, he has this conversation. It's the, it's the faith chapter. He has this conversation with his disciples, and look at what he says. He says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
And then he goes on to make some really, really big statements. He says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. Huge statements by Jesus. I mean, he could have just stopped at, if you, if you speak to that mountain and say, be thrown into the sea, it'll be done. That would have been a good enough scripture, right? That, that could have just stayed in there and we would have been search, searching for all eternity on, on, and, and discovering that one. And then he goes on just to, just to put a little cherry on top. He says, I tell you, pray for anything. Pray for anything. And if you believe that you'll receive it, it'll be yours. I'm not talking about, hear me today, this is not some prosperity gospel. This is not some good self-talk. These are the words of Jesus. They are in red. Pray for anything. You use your faith. It'll be done unto you. I even personally believe this. Faith even works for people who don't even believe in God. They believe so much in themselves or so much in their talent or so much in their gift or that there's going to be a breakthrough so much for them. It actually happens. You want to know why? Because they had faith. And God placed faith on the earth. He placed a principle called faith on the earth. And it works even for unbelievers. He said, have faith in God. So what does it look like? What does it look like to live by faith? Some practical ways that we're called to live by faith. You, you want to know, okay, how, how do I know if I, when I leave here tonight and I look at my life, am I living by faith? Here's what uh, living by faith looks like. It looks like praying for healing whenever your child gets sick. I didn't say it looks like not giving them medicine. But I am saying, do you take opportunities to engage your faith? When your child is sick, oh, well, you know, it's, it, it's going around. Can I just be real? It's going around. Is it? Because I kind of believe if it's going around, it won't touch mine. I feel like that's what, that's what heaven would say. Guess what? There ain't no virus, bacteria, fungus, anything, disease going around heaven. We're not going to walk into some, to Cody's mansion one day and catch the flu. I was just going around in his mansion that day. <laughs> it looks like praying, believing God for healing, for yourself, for your child when they get sick. It looks like believing God when you lose your job or finances are low. Should you go out and, and work hard and if you lose your job, go find another one? By all means, do that. Yes, you should. But as you go out and as you get that job and as you look for finances to come in, are you walking and living by faith? Are you involving God? God, I need you to open a door for me. God, I'm a tither. And I believe that nothing will, will come, my, my, my fruit, all the things that I've sown, that the, that the enemy will not be able to touch my fruit. And you'll, you rebuke the devourer for my sake. You're going to open up windows of heaven, and I'm just going to run in to extra finances in Jesus' name. You involve God in the process. That's what it looks like to live by faith. It looks like tithing. I'm just going to let that one sit there. Yeah. And being generous. 
It's what a life that lives by faith looks like. It looks like taking a risk because you felt that God told you to do something. You didn't understand it, didn't know why, you didn't even have all the answers, but you took a step out of that boat anyway. Living by faith. Here's one. It looks like worshiping when you don't feel like it. Living by faith looks like worshiping, man, when you are tired, when you're angry with God, when you don't understand what he's doing, when you don't have the situation, the answer to the, the problem in your life. Living by faith looks like worshiping even when you don't feel like it. It looks like obeying when it's hard. It looks like sharing the gospel with people. Like, outside of here, out there. It takes faith to share the gospel. It's not easy. I even told everybody in church this morning, I just straight just didn't do it this week. Had an opportunity. Guy was standing there. I was standing there. I was like, nope, not today. Just couldn't do it. But you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to live by faith. You know what? Had a little faith then. God increased my faith. We need faith. Faith looks like sharing the gospel. And this one just kept coming up, and I just knew the Lord was on this. Faith looks like confronting a wrong conversation that's happening at work or with friends. Let me just say this is going on a lot right now in our, in our world. And here's what it sounds like. Oh, man, that Biden character, let me tell you, worst president ever. This is, this is, just, this is just the, you know, our, 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 our country's going to hell in a handbasket. This is, this is the worst administration. I don't even, I don't, God's not in it. The, the, nothing's going to work out. Our economy's going down the drain. You know what? There's actually zero faith in that conversation. Let's just be really, really honest. Zero faith in that conversation. Even though it may be right, I didn't say, I didn't say that. I'm just saying if it, if it was. <clears throat> just let that sit a little bit longer. Okay. But faith says, yeah, you know what? It's, I don't really agree with what they're doing either, but... You know who's actually in control? God. You know what this country was birthed upon? People who believed in God. Who believed in God. God has not forsaken us. God has not left America alone. He's going to come through in some way. I don't see it, but I have faith that he's for sure going to come through. That's what faith sounds like. And faith, faith says this. Yeah, you know what? Let's actually pray for, 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 for God to send President Biden some actual spiritual good Christian people to surround him. They would just open doors and just that, that no man could shut. And See, it's faith. Faith. You say, that's crazy. That would never happen. Not, what, how do you think Noah felt? How do you think he felt? If you read in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that Noah did what God told him to do when there had, there had been no proof, no evidence. This had never actually happened ever on the face of the earth. Some people even believe it had never rained before. And God said, hey, 
There's going to be this stuff that falls. See, y'all don't know what it is. It's called rain. It has water. It comes from the sky. We, we live in the desert. That was a joke. And um, he's like, you need to build this boat. It didn't make sense because it was supposed to make faith. Called to live by faith. I'll close with this. Man, this is good. I just want to preach for like 400 more hours right now. Hear me today. Faith is not complacent. Faith is not complacent. Faith fights. Fight the good fight of faith. Faith fights. Faith pushes back. Faith moves forward. Here's the one I really want you to grab today. Faith doesn't settle. Faith does not settle for anything that doesn't line up with this word. The people we look up to in Scripture, you know what it says about them? These people who lived the life of faith, who Scripture actually says in Hebrews 11, follow these guys. It was all these guys and gals that they lived by faith. That's what it looked like. You know what it says about them? It says they died not receiving all that God had promised them. You can read that and be like, oh, that's, that's super negative. That's super down, as a downer. Now, you know what it actually means? They, were, they, they believed so much, and they continued to believe every single day, day in and day out. They died still believing for something they hadn't even received yet. These were people who lived by faith. Joy Field, our, our children's pastor in, in Lubbock, she was down here. She's, uh, she's leading the, the mission trip to, to Albany. And, and um, some, some of you are, are uh, not Albany, Albania. Albany is like in New York or something. I don't know. Um, I was good at math, not geography. It's Albania, right? Okay. And is Albany in New York? Come on, somebody. Yeah. I feel good about myself right now. Preached myself happy. Okay. Joy, uh, she came down to lead the mission trip meeting this week. And, and uh, kind of a little, little backstory about Joy Field is, uh, wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for seeing Joy Field and meeting her. Wow. Sorry. I get emotional because she grew up Baptist and she really needed the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm joking, kind of. And uh, I, I really am joking. Baptist people saved my life, so I have a heart for them. But she, uh, she met the Holy Spirit two years ago. And... Um, Brayton's mom, Karen, led her in the feeling of the Holy Ghost. She got filled, baptized in the Spirit, received her prayer language, and, um, and she's, she would tell you she's never been the same. And uh, she, she really desired to lead someone in that same thing. And as <clears throat> this mission trip, these group of people are, are getting ready to go to a whole other country, she felt it was essential that everybody have their prayer language. I mean, here they are stepping into enemy territory, so to speak, and it would be like they were, would be stepping into something without a tool that God had actually given them to fight. 
She felt so led to open up and ask, ask people that came to this meeting if they wanted to receive their prayer language, be baptized in the Spirit. And um, she talked to Natalie about it, and she was talking to Cody about it, and she was like, Cody, can, can you just come and do it? If you want anything spiritual done, everyone's like, Cody, you just come and do it, right? I'm the children's pastor. This is more like a campus pastor thing. But you know what? She went for it. She went for it. She invited people that were there. I think there were only four people at the meeting. Which, by the way, makes it even harder to go after something like this. It doesn't make it easier. And she said, you know what? If you want this, I'm just going to be in the back. I, wanna, I just want to pray for you. And with just a little bit of faith that Joy had, just a little bit of faith that said, you know what, God, you can use me. It doesn't matter if I'm a children's pastor. I'm a daughter of the Most High God, and I have power too. I can pray for people just like Cody can, just like the pastor can, just like Jesus did. And this woman who had always wanted it, she'd always asked about it, always wanted it. Here she was. She found herself in this meeting. She's going on this mission trip. The invitation was given. She got up, went back. They prayed for her. She gets filled with the Spirit, starts praying in tongues, gets baptized, and, and, the, and she's overcome by just the goodness of God. That goodness didn't just reach out to that woman who wanted it. It also touched the life of joy. You want to know why that happened? Aside from, yeah, God's good and he loves us, his grace, it's amazing. But it happened because someone, joy, decided to live a life of faith. She engaged her faith. The moment she opened her mouth and gave the invitation, she put it all on the line, and it was, God, either you show up or we go home disappointed. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.